okay. Week two in the books, and I'm wearing the E-A-G-L-E-S. I like that. It was a tough loss on Sunday night. No, no, that was a horrible, horrible loss on Sunday. And we're going to get into it. I'm upset, man. You really are. It makes me not even want to see this, but I'm happy that you we, have We gone. sat down, and Westbrook randomly looks up and goes, you can't lose to the Falcons. Like no, that. no. This no. is compliments of the Walmart fan shop. You heard me in the beginning. Uh, and Walmart, uh, I asked them for one more thing. So we got a nice little throwback, Eagles. This is for you. Well, yeah, I would appreciate it. You tell me before the show that I can get a shirt. You know what's dope about it? Didn't even bother to give me one. Not only did I get you one. Oh, you did. You did. <laughs> it's got your name Look on the back. You. It's actually for a child. And I hear that you have those. I do. I do. But and yeah. now they have a shirt with their name on it. Look at, and the 36. Man. Thank you, Walmart. What? I'm, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. You're the, gift that, you're the gift that keeps giving right there. Uh, what's really funny is, is um, one time me and my friend went out and uh, probably, I don't know, 10 years ago in Philadelphia. And I know that he ordered a fried shrimp. And mm-hmm. the only reason I remember to this day is because he ordered a 36, yeah. which in my mind was a Brian Westbrook. Boom. And I'll never forget it. Yeah. Good friend of yours, I can tell. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be in the wedding. <laughs> he'll be in the wedding. Uh, week two. Uh, kind of predictable, kind of unpredictable. The big news and notes coming out of it is Drew Brees is going to be out for six weeks with a torn ligament in his thumb mm-hmm. and Big Ben out for the season with an elbow surgery. And I asked you this in makeup. Could this be the end for Big Ben? And it kind of feels like I don't see Big Ben rehabbing this. Well, it's almost like in baseball, the Tommy John surgery and guys coming back. And you have to have that fastball. You talk about baseball. But for Ben in that division. Cold weather, tough physical football. The way that he plays, where he's falling down all the time. Yes. You know, older guy. The only thing that I think that will stop it from being the the last hurrah for Ben is that guys never want to go out injured. Nobody ever wants to go out and say, hey, my last year I got hurt. He wants to come back and kind of revenge and, and, and tell people and show them what he is and kind of finish his career that way. That's the only saving grace, I think, for him not playing again. Big Ben's first season ends with a Super Bowl win over the Seattle Seahawks. I kind of got the feeling that his career just ended week two against the Seattle Seahawks. My reason is this, what you just said, who Big Ben is. No matter what's going on, whether he's gaining weight or he's not really trying hard, Mm -hmm. he relied on his arm. I mean, Big Ben has never looked in shape his entire career because he would just go, this thing is natural. Arm talent. And... If that's questioned, that's that's what he's had. That that's been his life force. I don't, I don't know, man. Because this guy has been contemplating retirement for the last three, four years. Yeah, and I think he kind of sold himself. You know what? A lot of A B distractions and Le'Veon Bell. And now that they're done, I'm I'm ready to lock myself in for three more years. I don't know. Don't, didn't he come into this year a little bit more refreshed? That A B stuff is behind him. Lev Bell stuff is behind him. I don't think so he looked pretty that good. Though, no, he did. He weeks. did. Well, I, I think the talent level on that football team is way down. I, I think, think the Dante Moncrief line. got to him. Yeah. I think Dante Moncrief dropped a ball and said, catch "I think my elbow hurts." Yeah, catch Damn. The ball, man, this ball is in your hands. Catch the ball. But the talent level's down. I don't know how much confidence. He had in his ability to get the ball to these guys, and they actually catch it. Yeah, you took you took some Pro Bowl players off that football team, and you expect them to go back out there and do the same thing. It's going to be hard to do, and so I I would hope to see players not end their career or injury. I definitely wouldn't have want to 
in my career on an injury, especially this type of injury? Uh, Drew Brees, Saints fans hate me again uh, because uh, I, you don't know this. I've had like a running feud with the Saints fans Why? last few Why? years because I like to uh, diminish Drew Brees' career because I don't think he's a top five quarterback of all time. Well, and that's foolish of you. I think his statistics are wildly inflated because he's played in a dome. Yeah. He's played on multiple seven and nine teams when like all the other quarterbacks in history is like never have losing records. And I believe that also that in the fourth quarter uh, of games, uh, when they're down two scores, Drew Brees is the king of like the 90-yard drive for a touchdown and then the failed onside kick uh, to inflate his statistics. But I believe that he's like a top 15 quarterback of all time, and I think he's great. And I tweeted after he got hurt. I didn't know the extent of the injury. I tweeted that, man, Drew Brees is really jealous of Teddy Bridgewater being down 14, getting a pad of stats really bit. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, so they, that's his spot. They're starting to hate me. I don't want to live on that corner, but like every time I look in the mirror, I go, that's who I am. I think Drew Brees, I think he's way higher. I have him, he's not a top 15, he's a top 10, top five I'd quarterback. Say, I'd say he's a top, I don't think he's a top five. I mean, I, I, if if you had, let's just say healthy, Drew Brees coming into this season. Damn it, I didn't you, want to have this coverage. You have seven, you're down, let's say you're down six, so you need a touchdown to score. Yeah. Right? It's a touchdown Can to I get win. Any quarterback in the history of the game? Okay. No. Any quarterback playing right now. Oh, okay. Well, then right now is a whole different discussion. Okay. But I would pick I pick Brady. Brady, okay. I would pick Mahomes. Okay. I would pick... Aaron Rodgers and then Breeze. And so he's four. Who else is left in the NFL? They're all hurt. Yeah, well, that's right. You would pick Aaron Rodgers, then Breeze. But Russ, I, I, think, I would take Russell Wilson over Breeze. You're out of your mind. What? Russell you had, you had to go more. down and score and throw the football down the field. Drew Breeze is one of the most accurate pinpoint passers in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I still wouldn't take him over Russell Wilson. You're out of your mind. Yeah. He, he understands defenses, understand what's coming at him. I would he take gets the ball to the open receiver. You better stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, hold on. Let's get to that because that was the conversation where I realized your secret hating of the Ravens. Secret hating? It's okay. I'm team Ravens. I'm the king of the Ravens flock. I'm team <laughs> John Harbaugh. I love John Harbaugh. Help me get my career to were, the next level. Were there... Were there any moments where you guys were like, John Harbaugh's definitely going to be a head coach in this league? When no. Now, I, I, I'll tell you, there wasn't even— For those when, that don't know, he was the special teams coordinator for the Eagles right. for a number of years. And we had, like, one of the best special teams units in the league. And the hard part about special teams is that when you come into the league, you don't dream about being on kickoff team or punt team. You dream about being on offense and defense, yeah. right? And so everything that you want to do is, is involved the offensive side of the ball or defense. And special teams is like, I'll do that, but I really want to focus back on offense. Right. So special teams coaches' hardest job is to get guys that only are thinking about offense or defense focused on offense. It's mm. a big part of the game. We had one of the best uh, special teams units in the league. And even then, because he was a special teams coordinator, I was like, it's no way he'll be a head coach. No way. One year, they changed him from the special teams coordinator to the D-backs coach for one year. And I don't think that any of the D-backs listened to him because he was the special teams quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. coordinator. That's who he was. Yeah. And so after that, he got a job. I mean, he got a job the very next year being a head coach somewhere. And were you shocked? Shocked? What, you, what did he prove in that one year being a DB's coach? But then you look at him now. Well, I'll tell you this. This is what he had. Attention to detail. He understands how to motivate guys. He understands how to, even if you don't understand offense very well or defense very well, he got the right guys around him. Mm. He was into an organization with Ozzie Newsome picking the players, so they were getting some dogs into that locker room. Right. He went to a team that had 
Hall of Famers already on it. Ed Reed, sure. uh, Suggs, uh, Ray Lewis. So he had some bona fide Joe ballers. Flacco. On, yeah, Flacco on his team already. Yeah, there you go. I was being facetious. <laughs> but he had that. So he understood how to rally the troops and get them to, to win, which he did. Yeah. Big time difference between him and Brian Billick in Baltimore. I just didn't see that coming from the, the beginnings of him being a special team. That's what's so interesting. Like, there's been a guy on the Chiefs for years, Dave Taub. Yeah, Dave Taub. Dave Taub. Yeah. And they, they keep going, he could be a head coach. And it's like, man, being a head coach really is a rallying of men. That's right. And in a weird way, if your head coach is like a special teams guy, like Belichick is obsessed with special teams. You have to be obsessed. It's the first thing he thinks about a pair. Well, it changes the course of a football game. Oh, yes. Punt return, that changes Remember the that field. Punt position. return you had against the Giants when you. Oh, kind of. Old school. Let's look at you with your memory. All right. So I have seven and a half teams as as uh, contenders for the Super Bowl now. Really? So I think I went up one or two. Um, but I also got rid of some. Okay. I'm going to let you go first. All right. And I will. I. Okay. Who are, how many teams do you have as one, Super One, two, contender? three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. All well, right. I probably have more. But this is these are, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six definite and three possibles. All right. I have, Okay. Okay. Like like a spade's hand. I got three definites, <laughs> six definites, and three possibles. So, oh, so that means we each have seven and a half. Yeah, much. Okay, yeah. so, so let's right, hear. Good. So, so your most obvious KC, New England. Yep, yep. In check, there, check. we yep. know that Green Bay is inching a little bit towards that. However, I do you have them as a lock or as a maybe? It, I have them as a lock. Okay, I have them in there too. Up two zero. I, I have them as a lock, but I'll tell you this: I wasn't. I wasn't that impressed with their game. They scored 21 points early, and then they just fade for the rest of the game. Think so about it. They scored 10 against Chicago. Yeah. And these are both good defenses. Very good defenses. But 21 points. And then if you watch that game, Minnesota's D-line was all around Aaron Rodgers Shut the down. rest of the game. For, uh, the last three quarters, basically. But I will say this. They, they're they already up 2-0 on the Bears and the Vikings. Huge. Enormous. That's huge. And their defense has been unreal. Yeah. And they get Denver... And they also play Philly on Thursday night football at home. So their schedule looks pretty good, too. Favorable okay, schedule. so I agree with you on Green Bay. All right. Seattle. In there for me, too. Beat two AFC North teams. Now, and also in in the span of which Drew Brees is hurt, mm-hmm. they get New Orleans at home. Perfect So time. one of their hardest games of the year. Again, schedule looking out in Seattle. Two big wins. Dallas. Love Abs- the way that they're playing. Thousand percent. Dak is on board. I'm excited about them. Only thing that scares me is they've beaten the Giants in Washington. Yep. They play teams. Miami next week. Uh-huh. And then they get at New Orleans and Drew Brees is out. Yep. And then Green Bay. So this could be the way I look at it, Dallas at 4-0 and yeah. taking on Aaron Rodgers. Right. And we won't even know because, to be honest, they've beaten Case Keenum, Eli. They're going to play Josh Rosen and then Teddy Bridgewater. Well, we won't know how good this Dallas defense is until that Green Bay game, but I'm all aboard the Dallas the train The good right thing now. is is that we don't know how good they are. However, for Dak in that offense, this is just me building confidence. Oh, yeah. oh, I can get it done. Oh, I can make that throw. I can do this. I can find somebody deep. Jerry, I can find Jerry Smith Zoe's deep. Like, I can why don't we Gallup. talk about the contract after yeah. the Green Bay game? Yeah, yeah. Well, he better Jerry if, better if, figure it out. If Jerry Jones gives him a contract extension after the Miami game, he is dumber than I thought he was. Well, check this out. What if they beat Green Bay? Okay, well then you then you got to pay, and then you got to pay two extra more per year. That'd be amazing. that's thirty seven million. You know what? If you beat Aaron Rodgers after what Aaron Rodgers has done to the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. earned it. All so, right, so now we're at five. So we got five. <sighs> now we're into your maybes. These are all maybes. Let's well, see if we have the same three teams remaining. Who's who's your most confident? 
Most confident of the three. Of the three. Say it. Baltimore. Thank you. Most confident. You're a piece of shit. Most confident because they have a good defense. And I'll, I, you have to tell you this. Teddy Bridgewater. What voice was that? Hey, listen. The the Carters were in the game last week. Yes, they were. So if you would have listened to the betting show with Warren Sharp, you'd have learned that Baltimore's one issue is they have issues with three or more multiple wide receiver packages. Well, they're in trouble because I I I'm concerned about that. This hardcore good defense at home yeah. let Arizona the rookie quarterback yeah. hang around the game. Not for a lot a long of red time. zone stops. We're going to learn about this team quickly okay. at Kansas City this week. That's right. Game of the week. We're yeah. going to get into Lamar and Patrick Mahomes later. Home against Cleveland. And then at Pittsburgh. Yep. True thing is, if they if they lose to Kansas City but beat Cleveland and Pittsburgh, still good. give them the North. Yep, they're still good. Give them the North. I Because I, right now Pittsburgh's 0-2, Cincinnati's 0-2, Cleveland's 0-1. We're recording this before Monday Night Football. My next team yep. is Houston. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Yep, yep, Houston. And and this Man, is, quite, this again, this is the question mark because I think they can win the South. If they win the South, right, get a home game, Never know what happens. Just never know. If this offense can get going, they can finally protect uh, Watson. They, they just put up 13 points. The Jags the are good defense. defense. That did not have A.J. Bouye or Yannick Ngakwe. Yes. They almost lost to Gardner Minshew at home in mm-hmm. Week 2. Mm-hmm. I don't have a buzzer. Yeah, but I, I would like to go. Well, I just want to let you re- remind you of what we just got finished talking about. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Arizona Cardinals by six points. Six. I, I like the Arizona their own Cardinals house. more than the Houston Texans right now. Okay, well that, that's a mistake. All right, so last who- question mark. And I probably should have put this one in. I think has a better chance. I think the Rams. Yeah, I, I come think on. eventually they'll come around. No, the Rams also. Lastly, they've beaten also in my mind the two best teams yeah. thus far of all the teams of on this course. list. Of they course. beat Carolina and the Saints. Granted, without Drew Brees. Last question mark is our Philadelphia. Eagles. I agree. That's it. That's the list. That is. And I'm di- I'm so disappointed that they're still. So that a question means mark. we have the same teams on the outside looking in. Yeah. We both have questions about Minnesota. Right. You don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer? Kirk Cousins. That interception me. was fucking scary. Listen, they they had maybe three four minutes left in the game. They're probably on their ten or so. Yes. They have to drive the field. Dalvin Cook has already gone off over 100 yards. You have Thielen. You have Diggs. You mean you have everything that you want as a top passer in the league. And, of course, you got your, your wallet sticking out of the back of your pockets, and it's full of cash, $84, $86 million in, in your wallet. Do you guaranteed. think it upsets players on the team? Like, Do you think they like they themselves make $84 million guaranteed jokes? Yeah, of course you do. Damn. Yeah, why, why, why not? Linval Joseph is out there, like, destroying people. I wish I had $84 million, 84, whatever it is, $86 million, well, yeah, yeah, I wish I had that. $84 million guaranteed. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was not the throw of an $84 million man. I, I'll tell you this. He has the opportunity to win on routes, win on throws, and he just he makes bad decisions. The interception, and that's just terrible oh. decision. Throw the ball away. It was first down. That's what makes it sadder is that he tried. Uh, we both That's then, pitiful. We both have Chicago on the outside looking in. I don't think we're buying Trubisky We're not right buying now. Trubisky, no. My new, my new way of talking about Trubisky is I think he's Carson Wentz if Carson Wentz never learned how to read a defense. Uh, like wanna, if he just went out there and was like, first read's not open, I'm going to run away. I want to talk to you about that because that concerns me about the Eagles just a bit. I'll tell you this. All right, we're going to get into the Sunday Night Football? Okay. I, I'll, I'll tell that. you this. I'm watching Carson, and, I, and I'm studying him. Terrible first half. Terrible. Really, first quarter, not very good. Terrible first half in, in general. Got much better in the second half. But there's times where I'm saying, he doesn't know when the blitz is coming, where the blitz is coming from. 
He doesn't know what receiver he needs to get the ball to. Yeah, he's oh, like, I'm just going to break through this sack, and then when, by the time and I I'll run figure out, it out, someone will be open. And all the things that we're talking about that Dak is doing right now, yeah. defense is slowing down for him. He sees it before it happens, knows what guy has one-on-one coverage. I'm concerned that Carson is solely operating on arm talent. And if he can ever put the mental and the arm together, now they got to protect him a little bit better. Right. I just say Amalo has to do a better job up front. But – at some point, you want that, and they talk, they, this is what they call it. They call that quarterback position a multiply, right? H- how do you make everyone around you better? I know right. you're playing with backups, and I don't, I don't want to hear that. You're good enough. You're one of the best quarterbacks, MVP candidate. I want you to make everyone around you better. Yeah. That, that means that's the second receiver, third receiver, fourth receiver. I don't care if Alshon's out or Deshaun's yeah. out. I want you to make those guys and who are Goddard. in better. Yeah, Goddard's out too. Everybody was out. Everybody was out. That was crazy. I came to you and said, man, that must be turf, huh? Like, it, it just makes me think that Atlanta's had one of the most injury-riddled teams the last few years, yeah. and the Eagles go there and, like, the everyone implodes. It's weird because I didn't see anything happen to Deshaun. He just kind of was out. Pre-game. Same thing, Alshon. Just kind of was out. Same like got eh, got they just stopped coming out. out. Yeah, like, what, what's going on? My thing with Wentz is it's he's so hard to judge because then he comes in the second half and he has the one play where he's falling down and somehow gets it to Matt Collins. Yeah. He has that laser to Nelson Aguilar that Aguilar drops, drops. that, like, perfect pass. Yep. But then he has the play to Aguilar on third down mm-hmm. where, as Ertz said, so many guys in the NFL are just falling down, but he has the beginning too. And I, I wanted to ask you, is this a Peterson thing? It seems like once they're backs against the wall, the Eagles are a better team. They're better when they're expected to lose. Well, the first 15, um, first of all, they, they like being underdogs. We saw that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, year. They, they love being underdogs. So it's a difference between, I think we talked about it, between being the hunter and the hunted. So there's a different philosophy, meaning I play with the chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Me being the best, sometimes I don't have the same mo- the same motivation to continue to get better. So I, I think that's part of it. The other part, and I'll just jump back to Carson Wentz real quick. He's taking way too many hits. Way too many hits. Yesterday, I, I, there was part of the game yesterday. I'm like, do not put him back in the game. I don't care if we lose or not. He's taking way – this is the second game of the season. Tack McKinley. Taking way too many hits. And so, to me, again, that's him holding on to the football. That's his decision. You have to do a better job. These are the things that after the injury last year, I'm saying he'll come back. He's smarter now. Yeah. He'll do a better job of that now. Doug has got to him. I just feel like Doug doesn't get creative, I feel like, with the offense until they're down 14 points. And then I start seeing, like, interesting formations and interesting shots. And my my issue with the Eagles, too, is Jim Schwartz, uh, they lost, uh, by the way, Timmy Jernigan for about a month with a a fracture in his foot. After losing Malik Jackson last week. So I don't know what's up with that D-line. But Jim Schwartz is the perfect defensive coordinator when you're down 14. Mm -hmm. He's going to play aggressive to get you back in the game. He's going to bring an all-out blitz that leads to uh, two interceptions by Matt Ryan. He's going to get you off the field very quickly. Mm -hmm. But then there's this part of Jim Schwartz where you're up and it's fourth and four and you all-out blitz Matt Ryan, and it's like, hey, let's not do man-to-man coverage on Julio Jones with no safety on top. Not with that guy. Like, this is Matt fucking Ryan. Yeah. We just saw him throw the ball to our defender seemingly on purpose. Mm-hmm. Sit back in a zone. He'll throw Prove it to Prove to me that he can break it down. So, for me, like, I feel the same way. I feel the reverse about Carson Wentz. I feel about Jim Schwartz, where – there, the beginning for Carson Wentz, I fucking was like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then he fixed it. And with Schwartz, I'm like, thank you for fixing this. And then what is wrong with you? Well, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, first quarters have been terrible. Terrible. But 
I start to think, and I was thinking about it yesterday, maybe it's the first 15. Maybe Carson is a guy. Because Andy Reid was obsessed with the first 15, He was great too. with the first 15. I think, in cases, I think Andy did a great job of, of, of saying, hey, here's a structure. If it's covered two this way, Donovan, then you go throw to the other side. Yes. So he was giving them. I think Carson is the type of guy is he wants to go empty backfield. Let me see it for myself. I'll figure out what the best play to put us in, mm. and I'll be successful. That's what he did in North Dakota. When, when things get rolling, they go two-minute. They go no huddle. Yeah. Carson is Boom, 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 boom. Getting the ball out. To me, that early on in the game, first of all, I don't think Carson's in the rhythm. And I don't think Doug, as a play caller, is in the rhythm. And as the game goes on, they figure it out. And Carson moves around a little bit. But I'll, I'll tell you this again. The biggest concern coming into the season was Carson Wentz and his health. All those shots that he took last oh, night, man. I'm more concerned about him now than I've ever been. Ever been. And he played great in the second half. But he took an awful lot of shots. Um, my Super Bowl meter last week was a 6.4. What was yours? Five. 5.0. What is yours now? It goes down. It's 4.5. 4.5. It goes down. Yeah, it goes down. I'm a 5.1. 5.1. Okay. It's so you, you, you went down a bunch. So what did you see? What did you see, particularly from the defensive side of the ball, that made you say? Because I think offensively. That made me say what? Made you say, hey, maybe this team is not good enough. A lot. <laughs> The fact that, like, I, I feel like unless they brought an all-out blitz, they didn't get any pressure on Matt Ryan. So the front four is going to be an issue. The fact that all of their – like, Andrew Sandejo looks like he's running a five-flat 40. Very slow. The fact that I'm looking at Rasul Douglas and we have – I feel like we have five guys that are Asante Samuel without the talent of Asante Samuel. Mm. Like, I feel like we have five guys who are like, I'm going to jump this route. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not. And you're also not fast enough to get well, back. Ronald Darby is fast enough. I know. What – but he's coming off an offseason surgery. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he he, he ended up giving up the touchdown. Yeah. But the other two that were just missed, I'm uh, concerned about that. I'm very concerned. I mean, Sidney Jones, it's a hit, and then he's off. Yeah. Uh, the only other teams that we must have had on the outside looking in, uh, Chargers, just a lack of depth. I'm not including the Saints and the Steelers right now because of quarterback injuries. And Buffalo is interesting, but I'm not ready to put yeah, them. They're, they're not together. enough. Do you think the Chargers are in any way saying – you know what? Maybe we need Melvin Gordon no, back. No, no way. Because Austin Eckler played the well. Eckler, Justin Jack, they both played well. So they're the Chargers lost a game that the Lions usually lose. There yes. was one drive in the third quarter where the Chargers, Austin Eckler had a 50-yard touchdown. It was called back due to a penalty. Yep. Justin Jackson, like three plays later, had a 50-yard touchdown. Called him back. Called back. They drive down the field, and then Austin Eckler fumbles on the one. That's right. So, like, I look at the Chargers, and I actually feel more confident about the Chargers after week two than I did in week one because they just got they just got screwed by some penalties and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I hate teams that lose the game and win the turnover battle. I mean, that, that to me, there's no excuse for that. They got they forced two interceptions by Matt Stafford. There's no excuse to win, to lose that game against a Detroit Lions team that's just not quite as talented. I mentioned the Bills. I would say the two surprise teams that are 2-0, mm-hmm. Bills and 49ers. Yeah. Of those two teams, who do you see being more successful in the long run? Well, I, I first of all— Who would you I, buy stock in? I like— the 49ers much better because two things. I like their head coach, and I think they have a, a funny, weird group of running backs that actually all fit what their head coach wants to do. Absolutely. And I think Jimmy, Jimmy G, he'll continue to get better as a player. But here's the thing. Matt Breida, in, in a weird way, I watched them all last year. Yeah. 
catches the ball well out of the backfield, runs the ball Incredible well. Incredible balance. Mostert, same, they're almost the same guy. You look at them, you figure out yeah. they're the same guy. They run the ball well, they catch the ball well at the backfield. One cut runners. I remember when I was a free agent, got cut by the Eagles, went down to Washington. I met with Mike Shanahan. He was kind of like, uh, I'm actually, I met with Kyle first. And he was like, listen, we're on the board. We can use you in this formation. We can get you out, catch the ball out of the backfield. We can use you in the backfield on this draw play. All these different things, right? Is this pre-RG3? Yes, this is pre-RG3. Uh, Clinton Portis was still there. Oh, nice. Donovan was a quarterback that year. Yeah. They bring me in. And so Kyle's like, he's drawing up all these different things. We need you in our team. I go to meet with Mike. And Mike, with his dad, he was like, yeah, we don't need you. We got Clinton Portis. We don't need you at all. <laughs> I was like, well, I just talked to your son literally two minutes ago. Yeah. He said, you need me. He was like, yeah, we don't. And so, but I, 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 I would say that because as I'm watching Matt Breida, and Moster, I'm just like, these guys are doing exactly what, what they have paid. On the board. Yeah, they, they told me to do that on the board, but they paid Jarek McKinnon to do yes. just these exact things. So I think that offense certainly has an opportunity. They've scored 72, 72 points in the first two games of the season. And they don't even have Tevin Coleman right now. Impressive. Impressive. So what, 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 what was he saying to you on the board? Like, what were what were the styles that when you watch TV now, you're like, that was it? Well, yeah, it's it's basically you're forcing the defense to get you to get the advantages that you want. OK, we're going to put this guy in motion. We'll put the receiver in motion. So now the back is all by himself on this one side with the tight end and the linebacker. Yeah. The safety has to check the, the, the tight end. That means the running back is one on one with the linebacker. You design the plays to get the exact matchup that you're looking for. And it, it's been pretty doggone good. I, I want to mention one more thing about San Fran. Next two games at home. So the first two games yep. of the season were on the road. Next two games at home. Home. At Pittsburgh, who's averaging 14 and a half points a game. At Cleveland, I mean, excuse me, at, at home. They're at home against yes. Pittsburgh, who's average, averaging 14 points a game. And then a bye week, and then Cleveland. And then Cleveland, who's averaging 13 yeah. points in the game. So, I mean, these are pretty good. They're so pretty good opportunity. I, I put a thread up on Twitter of, of Kyle Shanahan's play calling in the first half. He had the first touchdown to Marquise Goodwin where it was a play-action naked bootleg, and Goodwin ran right along the backs of the D linemen, so the mm-hmm. whole defense lost wide open. Yep. Later that same quarter, Jimmy Garoppolo has four wide receivers go out, and the running back kind of shoots out the side, and the center, Weston Richburg, runs out, yeah. leads the way. Jimmy Garoppolo had 77 yards passing and two touchdowns and didn't throw the ball further than five yards. Like, that's how great Kyle Shanahan is at designing stuff. And what you were saying is what the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan whole offense is we're going to move the whole line. Right. We're all moving right because what we're going to do is you're going to have to run with us. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then we're like, we have all the advantage. Then we're good. And as soon as you start running with us, we need a running back with good eyes to find a lane. So they're just waiting, waiting, waiting. You're too slow. I'm hitting Got that him. gap. Yeah. And Mostert's that kind of guy. Yep. They signed that other guy, Jeff Wilson Jr., that guy. Same thing. Uh, Raheem Mostert. But what happens is, is what Kyle can then do is, we're all running this way. Well, guess what? Bootleg George Kittle. That's right. And and it, he has the number one amount of oh shit plays in the NFL, where the defense is running and they go, oh shit. That's right. That's Kyle Shanahan. Out the back team. door. Didn't even know you were there. But I will say this. Uh of those two, I'm going Buffalo as the really? team I'd rather buy. So Buffalo, they both have an interesting circumstance. Buffalo played both of their games at MetLife. Uh-huh. Uh, San Francisco uh, beat Tampa Bay and then stayed on the East Coast and went to Cincinnati. Right. So they both had two road games, mm-hmm. which we the it, apparently Warren said the the odds of those teams actually winning the second game is like t- 15 to 20 percent. Right. 
both have quarterbacks that were questioned this offseason. Josh Allen was questioned for his accuracy. Jimmy G questioned because of his preseason performance. The Niners, as you said, not only do they have 72 points the first two weeks, they've had four touchdowns taken away by the referees. So that just shows you, like, they could be putting on even more. They also have seven sacks in the first two games. This defensive line that they haven't had anybody with Nick Bosa and Arik Armstead and mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner, both Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston have been running for their lives in front. the first two games. Mm-hmm. The thing that does concern me is that they've scored on Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Last year, Tampa Bay was 27th in the NFL in defense. Last year, Cincinnati was 32nd in the NFL in defense. And they just lost their starting left tackle, Joe Staley, for eight weeks. That's my concerns. With the Bills, they're a powerful team. They know exactly who they are. They have a quarterback that has a special ability. And they play the Miami Dolphins twice. And that does matter to me. That does matter. That matters to me. Absolutely. And they're going to get Sam Darnold maybe coming off mono. Uh, Negative... They've played two teams without a deep passing game. So Buffalo right now has played Eli Manning and Sam Darnold. And I, I, that's my only question about Buffalo is when a team can really go deep, because that defense loves to keep you in front, what happens then? And then my other question about Buffalo is who's the playmaker on this team other than Josh Allen? John Brown is really fast. Right. He's not a third down and eight. I got to have it. No, guy. no. They have some running backs that I love, but none of them are got like guys that can do it all by themselves. I love Devin Singleton. I think he's going to be really good. They're they're giving giving him responsibility. They just, they just don't have like the young baller guy. when you need no, a guy. No. That's my concern with them. Well, yeah, I mean the big time questions for them. Obviously, they're going to have some issues in that division just because the Patriots are there. We all we understand yeah. that. But if guys keep getting hurt in Pittsburgh and in 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 New York. They may have a chance. They keep winning the outside, uh, you know, playoff spot. By the way, with Pittsburgh going down, my Ravens pick is looking sweet. That does huh? look good. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the Browns respond this week. Okay. We'll we'll see that too. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll, we'll see how they respond. Um, how many teams have you already eliminated from contention for the Super Bowl? In the NFL, I don't want to say that they're dead. Right. But. Not yet. You they're, can't say that they're dead. No, I'm going to say these teams are dead. Well, I I, there's, I have five and a half. Five and a half. See, I have some, I have some, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, you have more dead than me. All and, right, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. So obviously Miami, everybody Super knows that. Super dead. I think, and you may have confidence in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't. So you think the Saints are dead? I think he's they're only dead out six weeks? without Drew Brees. Wow. I think the Saints are dead without Drew Brees. I saw Teddy Bridgewater yesterday, and I think he can be accurate, similar to Brees. I don't think he showed that yesterday. I think that he struggles to throw the deep ball, and that concerns me. Always. That concerns me. At some point in the league, you got to go deep. We're talking about the first week of the season. These big-time quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz in particular, they open things up with the deep pass. That's one of the things that the Eagles didn't have yesterday yes. because Deshaun Jackson was on the on the sideline now, injured. Now, someone would argue that Drew Brees isn't the, the biggest thrower. of He never ball. was, but no, he was so accurate. He understood what defenses were giving him. He's able to take that. And I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater isn't as cerebral as Drew Brees. We haven't seen him. But it's impossible for Teddy Bridgewater to, to be grasp of no. this offense no, like of Drew Brees. Not. Well, the other I, part, I think to your point is I've always thought that the Saints roster is a little shallow mm-hmm. below Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. That's right. 
I mean, now we're into Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn Jr. Jared Cook has got some spark too, but I've always thought that Drew Brees' ability to change the line at the scrim at the line of scrimmage, change the play at the line of scrimmage, or read the defense has what's given them an advantage to overcome that. And I don't think they can do that with Teddy. I'll and I'll I'll add this one thing, and I I didn't think I was going to be saying this. I'm wondering I, the question to me Say is still it. out there. You're a, you're a dirty. Is guy. Alvin Kamara? Oh. Is he able to carry the load, the entire load? Oh, I thought you were going to say, should they play Taysom Hill at quarterback? No. Are you crazy? No, that's not what I, I got. Ex- I, I'm wondering, yeah. can, can he carry the load? Because I think they should. We, we, no, they should not. They, um, you know, they want to throw him the football. We know that. They want to get involved in a run game. But he was much better one-two punch with Mark Ingram. So that, that's a big question. Yeah. Talent on their talent on their roster without Drew Brees. I, I, I think. Latavius Murray, by the way, is the king of the. Gets off the bus and you go, oh my God, he's built like Adrian yeah, Peterson. Big, yeah. And then he runs and you go, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't run hard. Anyway. No, no, no. All right, so Washington. Washington's dead. Washington's dead. I think Dwayne Haskins has to play pretty soon. Pittsburgh's out of there. What's funny though is like with Keenum, it's like they're still putting up like. Yeah, they're putting up numbers. Did yeah. you see uh, Scary Terry on a touchdown? I did see that. I saw that. Scary Terry, that's your guy. He's fucking great. They're they're, they're playing from behind. So, I mean, of course, they're going to have some yards. But and, and then when they put Haskins in, they played at Ohio State together. Yes. Bucking and Haskins has a huge arm. Huge arm. I, I, I loved him in the preseason. He made some mistakes with the interceptions, yeah. but I think he'll get better. So I'm not putting Haskins out there until Trent Williams comes back. Trent Williams not coming back. I know. He owes the team now $1.2 million. Trent, let me let me Fights. rephrase that. I think Trent Williams may come back because he doesn't want to have to pay that money. But they're, they're not apparently going to cut him a deal. He's no, they're not going to cut him a deal, but he he does he, he's he's going to have to pay the money, but he'll be getting more millions yes. to, for being back. Of course. So right now... That one and a half, whatever it is, 1.2, yeah. that's coming out of his bank account. Yeah. Not money that he's getting for this season. I always wonder this. If I got fined by a team. Yeah. And then I got cut, do I still need to pay the fine? Yes. Bullshit. Yeah, you got to pay it. Got to pay it. No, but this, but if, even if it's not an, a league mandated fine, like if the league finds me, I have to pay the league for a hit. Right. But if a team finds me for being it. late, got to pay. And it. then I'm fired. If yes. I if I transfer high schools, I don't have to serve detention at my new high school. Well, if I'll give you a perfect example, when I was in college, I probably racked up I don't know three four thousand dollars worth of parking tickets over four years. As the all time leading rusher, when you in when you leave history? school, do you do you just your parking tickets are forgiven? Can I tell you? No, a secret. I'll let you know between no. you and me. What's that? I think I owe the city of Syracuse. I'm sure you do. That's my point. Yeah, that's they don't just disappear. That's why I don't visit. <laughs> Your car be sold would be sold immediately. Brilliant. So, Pittsburgh. Damn, why would you bring up such a troubling? Time I know. That I just wanted because I know that a lot of people have uh, parking tickets yeah. at their old schools. <laughs> why haven't you come back to see us? Yeah. Well, it's not you. I'm scared. <laughs> it's the police. Yeah, I got to get an Uber there. So yeah. <laughs> so Pittsburgh without Big Ben, Pittsburgh just doesn't have the talent. So you had them eliminated too. Yes. You know what? I did this before knowing that Big Ben was out for the season, and they're done with Big Ben. I was concerned about Pittsburgh. You don't have faith in Mason Rudolph? No, 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 I don't. Obviously, Big Ben. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. I think Pittsburgh's dead. I think James Conner is a good running back. I don't know that he's healthy right now. The other part to that is. He does not look good at all. I don't think. No, he doesn't. It's a different world. You take away one of the best receivers in the game. It's a different world playing. I experienced it with T.O. You take him away. Now I'm facing, instead of four men and five men in the box, six, seven, eight. How quickly did you realize it's a different fucking game? Immediately when he's not there. So like the first game, there's yeah. no T.O. Defense what what team go- did he go to afterwards? He went to Dallas. Dallas. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's he, no T.O. But he was out for a couple. He was, was even out like for the a long first time. play. No, it's kind of like 
well, what's that safety doing down here? Because instead of seeing a guy at 12 yards, 13, 14 yards, you see him at eight. And so now the first time that you're meeting that type of contact, you know, I'm, I'm five, six yards in the backfield. He's eight yards deep. So we're meeting maybe two, three yards around the line of scrimmage yeah. instead of five, six yards down the, down the line. You can get a little bit of steam. That's and... a different feel. Yeah. I mean, so it's a little bit different. So not having, uh, you know. You're eliminating the Giants too, right? Giants out of there. Giants are dead. I, I Did you kill they're... the Denver Broncos? I didn't say the Denver. No, I didn't say that. I am. Yet. Denver Broncos are dead. No. Arizona's out of there. Joe Flacco 11-ass out of here. What is Joe Flacco doing? Come on. I don't even I don't have Arizona on my list. I don't think you don't. Yet. No. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? How, how they're do you? 0-1-1. Yeah. And, uh, they're and, and they have a chance to do what again? I, are we talking about teams that have no chance of winning the Super Bowl? I'm talking, yeah. yeah. In, in Arizona, in your mind, has a chance of I winning the Super Arizona Bowl. I think Arizona has more of a chance than Denver. They can't even make the playoffs. You just talked about San Francisco. Just because they're the only team in the NFC West that isn't 2-0 and right now, I don't yeah. know this bullshit. Okay? That, your list is Very high on Arizona. Detroit is out of there. Detroit is dead. Detroit's out of there. Get out of here. Yeah, Detroit's out of there. They're 1-1. One one. They're out. They don't have enough talent. All right, so today Westbrook has killed Detroit. Detroit's out. And Arizona. Arizona out. And I'll tell you this. Cincinnati dead. Cincinnati's dead. I don't know how long Sam Darnold is going to be out for the season. Jets are my half because. Out of there. If yeah. <laughs> They're out of there. And they play in the same division as your team, the Bills, and, of course, the Patriots. They're out of there. All right, so who else did you So you killed Miami, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Giants, the Jets, yeah. the Saints, Detroit, and Arizona. I have one more team that I didn't want to put in there. Damn, you got like 10. I got one more team that I did not want to put in there, but I put them in there because my eyes are telling me something. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. My eyes are telling me that they're not good enough. You believe after week two yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers have no chance of winning the Super Bowl? Yeah. You feel really confident about it? I feel good about that because – Last year, I felt that they had a legitimate shot. I'm talking about the run-pass threat with Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Then you had you had Jackson and Eckler back there, both good players. You had Tyrell Williams. You had Mike Williams. You had Keenan. They had a bunch of ballers on that football team. And somehow in the playoffs, they just got upended. Mm. I don't know that that team rebounds and comes back even stronger this year. I think they have less talent this year than they had last year. They're decimated with injuries. Yes. Their entire defense is is seemingly on injury reserve. They just lost Hunter Henry. They don't have Melvin Gordon. Derwin James is on IR. They got Michael Davis on the injury sheet every week. It, so you think they're done-done? How do they come back? I mean, injuries hurt you, obviously. We know that Kansas City is a, is a prize of that division. We understand that. But – where do they come back to? I mean, are, are they just going to magically get better, so, healthier? Sometimes, yeah. I I just think it's you believe in that, magic. I just think it's amazing that you're willing to say the Chargers are dead, but right you're on. not sure about the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. You, okay. got, you good now? You done with the Broncos? Yes. Yeah, I, I can I can put the Broncos on there too. L- listen, there's one thing that you never do. I didn't want to write off, and that's put twenty teams in a Joe Flacco. Bro, you fucking wrote off eleven. Well, yeah, I was working my way up. I was working my way up. <laughs> but, but, but I'll probably have more next week. And th- that's the truth about this is that we say that you can't figure it out after two weeks. You can. But a lot of times you can. Yeah, I, now, look, the, uh, the Colts last year started off 0-2 and then ripped off 11 straight. 
But that was also because they had a special player at quarterback in right. Andrew Luck, and that offensive line kind of came together. And their defense started playing lights out. Miami doesn't have that. No. Denver doesn't have that. Nope. Pittsburgh just lost it. Washington doesn't have it. The Giants don't have it. The Jets have mono. The Saints just lost it. <laughs> the Lions, I'm not as bull. The Lions and Cardinals, I'm not touching. Huh? I'm not touching. We're talking about the Super Bowl to just the winning. Thing, the they thing they won't even have a winning season, either one of those teams. Well, that would be hard. What, I mean, what, what are you talking about? They're definitely not Super Bowl contention. Neither one of those teams. Yeah, Oakland, I could say the same thing. It is funny thing. that uh, Andy Andy Dalton is the leading passer in the NFL right now. That is funny. That's because their team is always losing. They lost by, what, 21-24 this past weekend? Man, you just eliminated half the league. Uh, so of the 0-2 teams that I think are the most surprising, they're 0-2, mm-hmm. it's Carolina and the Steelers. With the Big Ben injury, are we willing to say that the Steelers are done? Yes. They're done, done. Not enough talent. I think Juju is good. I don't think he's great. I think and Juju's great. You think so? Okay. Yeah. I, I think that we'll. But we'll, I think when you don't have another wide receiver with yeah. like Dante Moncrief and James Washington dropping balls and your quarterback's Mason Rudolph, yeah. he's not great anymore. I think, I think over time he may develop into great. I think he's good. I think he's actually really good. But I don't know that he's great. I think James Conner, same. I can be say the same thing about him. I think he's good. I don't know that the Steelers. Because when I'm thinking of the Steelers, I'm thinking a running, nasty, downhill football team. That's that's not what they were. No. I, I looked at the stats probably a couple of weeks ago, and it was like since week nine of last season, they haven't had a back over 80 yards. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It was something crazy like that for James Conner. And I just, I don't, they're not that team that we thought we they were. The other part is that I think last year they were 31st in the league in rushing. The Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. where they run the ball down your throat and then play action over the top. That's not what they do anymore. The other part is that their defense. That's not the Steeler defense that I grew up knowing. That was my issue is uh, you've allowed 61 points in two games. The the positive is that it's two true Super Bowl contenders in New England and Seattle. Um, but this Keith Butler defense, yeah, Warren Sharp, the guy that does this show with me on Thursdays, Brian, like he has been saying – for the last three years, Keith Butler's defense is awful. They constantly leave linebackers on slot receivers. Mistake. And the good offensive coordinators in this league have torn them up. Yeah. Because there's talent on that Steelers defense. Mm-hmm. Stephon Chewett and Javon Hargrave and Cam Hayward and, and Edmonds. Joe Hayden. And, yeah, and, and TJ Watt. Like, yeah. they've got ballers. But the scheme always seems to be all over the place. Well, look at their stats. This is their defense, 27th in points. They're giving up 30 and a half points a game. 29th in yards, giving up 445 yards a game. 29th in the past, 320 yards a game. Yeah. This is pretty hard to do. And 21st again, the rush. 100. So not only are they bad in the past, they're also bad. I mean, they're bad across the board. So if, if, if you had a defense, let's just say you had a defense that was like Jacksonville. Yeah. They're going to be great against the pass, but maybe they're not so good against the run. And I think Jacksonville's probably a bad example, but because they're usually good at both against both. But if you're a defense, you you got to make a team pick their poison. Right now, if you play Pittsburgh, you're like, nah, we don't have to pick our poison. We can run the ball a little bit. We can pass the ball a little bit. We go back to the run. Yeah. Do that a little bit more. What uh what about the Panthers? My my positive is that they play in the AFC South, mm-hmm. and that means they're going to get Breeze with this injury. Yes. They're going to get another shot at Jameis later, mm-hmm. and that's very winnable. Uh, and the Falcons kind of look all over the place. They also play Washington, yeah. which feels like a win. They had a chance to win both of the games they've been in so far, the mm-hmm. Rams and the Bucks, a lot closer than the Steelers. Disappointed that they lost to the Bucks. But and, yeah. and if you really look at the games, 
The Bucks had 289 total yards, and Jared Goff did nothing against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. My issue is Cam looks awful, and it's really hard for me to buy into the Panthers when Cam Newton is doing this, like, rifle up for a 12-yard pass that isn't even on the money. I, I just don't see it. We talk about not seeing something. I don't see a good Cam right now. Cam obviously is still hurt. Right. I mean, we, we 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 see the last play of the game, offensive play with the little trick play to yes. to uh, you know end up with McCaffrey with the ball going around. Cam is obviously obviously still hurt. Last game, fifty-one passing attempts. You can't win that way. No, not this offense. Not with the quarterback that's coming back from ankle injury and shoulder injury. You can't win that way. Four straight games without a TD pass. Is it really? Wow. That's crazy. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. We know that he's injured. I, I went back. So before the game, I went back, and I was just looking at the numbers. On third and fourth down, Cam, they, they've had 153 rushing attempts. Cam has, just by himself. On 122 of those rushing attempts, he gets the first down. 79.7%. Yeah. Now, let's go back to the game where it's fourth and inches. 6'5", 250, 260. They did, what, a toss to McCaffrey? They did, like, a toss, sweep out. And and I still think McCaffrey has to put his foot in the ground and try to run the guy over to get the first down. But either way. I just don't know how everyone doesn't watch the Patriots and see Tom Brady sneak on every third and fourth and one and go, Let's copy Bill. And it's obvious, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to sneak it, and this is the guy that's going to do it, and we've seen it on tape, and that's what they're going to do. So, so I, I just, I think the Panthers offensively are going to be in trouble because Cam is his injury. Maybe he gets healthy, but even if he gets healthy, which I think is going to be hard because he's taking so many doggone hits, yeah. I, I don't know that they can still compete. You know I, I just they, don't you know. know. who they play this week? Super Bowl contender Arizona. Ooh. That that may be a good right get healthy type that of game. That should be interesting. Cam right now on the season, negative two rushing yards. Amen. And usually like that's a Jared Goff stat line. That's not a Cam he's Newton. Kneeling down to win the game. That's not the Cam Newton. No, uh though. the there are probably in my mind four quarterbacks that are seen as the best in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. After two games. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, are the two that I really want to focus on. Um, because to me, what their numbers have been crazy. So I have some stats, and I want you uh, to tell me if it is fact or fiction. Okay. Okay? Um, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes are two of three quarterbacks in the NFL, averaging over 10 yards per pass. Mahomes, yes. Yes, both. Both. Fact. Fact indeed. Yes. Dak Prescott is the third. Mm-hmm. Um Jack, uh, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are a combined 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. 14 sounds like a lot, but Lamar probably had five with the first week. Fact. Fact. They are both seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Wow. All right. They, That's impressive because, again, Lamar Jackson was not a passer last year. He was a running back. But for him to come out seven touchdowns, no interceptions, even though he played some of the weaker teams, still impressive. After two weeks, Lamar Jackson has a higher quarterback rating than Patrick Mahomes. Fact or fiction? Mm. Fiction. 
Yes, got one. They're all facts. I wanted to, I, you know, this is like in college, right? And so you got to, it can't filled be. filled out yeah. C on your Scantron yeah. because the last answer is A or B. It has to, it has to yep. be something. You can't keep, yeah, you got to play the game. So Lamar right now, his QB rating is 145.2. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is 136.3. Dak is 142.9. That's why I don't want to leave Dak out of it. But Mahomes has 225 more passing yards than Lamar, but Lamar has 125 more rushing yards than Mahomes. Of those two, Lamar and Mahomes, who right now it would be your MVP uh, thus far this season through two games? Um, most improved, Lamar. MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Gotcha. Easy. But this is what I've seen from Lamar in that offense, right? They were coming out of the goal line. So usually in this type of situation, with the quarterback that you're not so confident in, you run the football. Because you don't want him dropping back in the end zone and potentially right. get a, a holding or him running around, get stripped, fumble safety or a touchdown. They're throwing the football. Are you talking about the first drive he ever had yeah. as a quarterback? First, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I remember that. Threw like a 40-yard strike yeah. down the middle. I mean, they, he has so much confidence. In, and so the same thing I was talking about with Carson Wentz. For quarterbacks, it slows down. Just a little bit. And you start to say, okay, the safeties are moving. The blitz is coming from this side. I need to throw the ball to this side. Oh, the safety's going the other way. I need to throw the – he's throwing to wide open people because he's seeing it different. You add this week, 120 yards rushing. Unbelievable. It's a different world now. Now if you're the defense, you can't win. You literally can't play the right defense because you can't account for a quarterback that can throw and run. It's impossible to do it. What did we talk about last week? We said, what did Lamar Jackson put on film? He put on five rushing yards yep. and all those passing yards. And we said, now all these teams are going to drop back mm-hmm. and watch Lamar run. And he did. 120 yards. Lamar is reaching, like Mahomes can throw it to positions that we've never seen people be able to hit before. Yep. So he's expanded how far the defense has to go back because he can throw a back foot 50-yard laser. No problem. Lamar is challenging you horizontally and vertically, and also it's it's becoming an 11 on 10. Yep. And you experienced this early on with Donovan, where 2000, when Donovan had like 600 rushing yards, Teams didn't know what to do. They couldn't handle him. And Lamar is like 10 times faster than Donovan. He's like a running back. No, when, when you see him with the ball, he it is a running back. Yes. I mean, he's making people miss. He's fast. He's quick. A lateral agility. The great thing that I've seen with, with Lamar this year is that he's understanding defense. We, we talked about that. But he's also going through his progression. First guy isn't there, I'm going to the second guy. Second guy isn't there, I'm going to the third guy. And he has poise in the pocket. Pocket. I, I, I kind of contrasted to Carson. There was a couple of times in the past game where he locked on one receiver. Yeah. And locked on, locked on, locked on. And time that he got off, he didn't have time to go to the second receiver because the pass rush was getting him. Mm. Lamar understands that, hey, first guy isn't there, okay, I'm off of him. Second, oh, he's not there. Maybe I'm running at this point. That's why he has so many rushing yards. But that's something that you don't learn. You know, you don't master it in the offseason normally. He looks like thus far that he's mastered the position, which to me bodes very well for the Baltimore Ravens. And if I'm going to compare those four uh, quarterbacks, you know, Russ playing Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, yeah. Cincinnati's defense is really not that good. And Pittsburgh, we saw it can get torched up now back to back weeks. I look at Dak, Giants, Washington. Not that impressive when you look at it, when you zoom out. Lamar, Miami, mm-hmm. Arizona, not that impressive. But when you look at Mahomes, yeah. and he goes to Jacksonville, 
in a game that Vegas was pounding the Jaguars, a Jacksonville team that without one of their best corners and without their best pass rusher held the Houston Texans' great offense to 13, Mm -hmm. and then goes plays Oakland that looked dominant the Monday before, and you realize that Patrick Mahomes did this without Tyree Kill, with Demarcus Robinson and Mecole Hardman, Mm -hmm. and his starting left tackle, Eric Fisher, out most of the game. Mm -hmm. And he put out like 300 yards in the second quarter. I I still will say it. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen play. I've never seen anyone do what he's done. And whenever I say that, they start talking about rings. They start defining the word great. you You have to factor in longevity a little bit when you talk about greatness. I fucking hate the word great. Mahomes is the most <laughs> you talented. Used it. You decided Mahomes to use is it. the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Okay. I can go with that. I, you can go with that. I can go with that. It's just like great. Over the course of two years. What two about and a half Johnny years. Unitas? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Who are you talking to that talks like that? Who says that? Which one of these old guys you I hang around at the barbershop? What about Johnny Unitas? <laughs> he can really throw the ball deep sometimes. Well, I'll, 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 lastly, I'll mention this about yeah, your me. Baltimore Ravens. Thank you. They are mine. Four minutes left. Arizona Cardinals had the ball. They had an amp- opportunity to win. Do you realize that me and Warren Sharp were so upset because one of our big bets of the weekend was Baltimore-Arizona over, and really all we needed was a touchdown, and Arizona kicking three field goals inside the five? Yep. That's what all you want. That's and it. Baltimore is there inside the five and kneels it mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they, they have an opportunity. Nine minutes left, the score is 17 to 20, 2017. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean. But, but Kyler also looked phenomenal. Kyler had 350 yards Ky- passing. Kyler had some plays to Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. Look, this is the thing is people don't realize they go, oh, we've seen gimmicks come to the NFL and not work before. Yes, yeah, Steve Spurrier, eventually we figured out Chip Kelly's offense, all this stuff. Realize that Arizona is playing four wide receivers. They're mm-hmm. playing 10. Mm-hmm. David Johnson, no tight ends, four wide receivers. I'm pretty sure the last two years, Seattle and L.A. have faced that formation like 40 times in the last two years. Teams are not used to seeing this. So the Cardinals are going to have these first few weeks where there's not enough tape. But also, they have a quarterback that we haven't really seen Kyler run yet. And I'm I'm waiting for a team that forces him to. That drops everybody back and goes, we don't think you're going to run. That's going to be an exciting game. I'll tell you what disappoints me about the Cardinals. And they, they were in the game for the most part all game long. You know, it was 6-17, to 17-6 17, 17, at halftime. Is David Johnson. I mean, what's going on? They paid him a bunch of money. He got hurt in the first half and he walked off with like a limp arm. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he looked okay. I know that I was excited after week one because they were really That's right. throwing they them all over them. the place. All over the place. They haven't used him in the same way. No, he's not the same guy. You wonder if he's built physically wise to be able to do catching and and running out of the back. He's He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. And the guys that do that, they use a little bit smaller. Right now, do you you know Peyton Barber or the Buccaneers? Yeah, of course. Would you rather have Peyton Barber or Devontae Freeman? That's a legitimate question. And I can't believe I'm asking you. I think... But you watched I, Devontae Freeman on Sunday night. Yeah, I watched him. And I, and I feel like Peyton Barber is Peyton the Barber has played better. He's the guy. He's your, I guess I'll start he's, Peyton Barber. He's played better. I, for some reason, past history makes me want to say Devontae Freeman is better. And past history is what I use in running backs to realize I don't want to use them anymore. Yeah. 
I, I kind of feel like Freeman is better, but based on what I've seen this season, Barber has played better. Isn't that wild? Um, there, I just realized there's the picture behind you that uh, Nikki G put in. What's that? Of uh, Eli. Eli is in a oh, – let me – So Pat Shermer came out this morning, a Monday morning, and said, I'm not willing to, to say that Eli is going to be the starter. And then the reporter followed up and said, do you realize uh, that that might cause a controversy? He says, I do. Now I believe I believe that Pat Shermer has been trying to get Daniel Jones to start since the preseason, but the owner John Mara has come out a few times and been like, "We are starting Eli Manning." Really? I believe that the Giants are running an offense that's made for Daniel Jones and just showing that Eli is not able to run it. Why? But why? Bootlegs. Why would why would because the owner say that? Because I thought about this. It's the same thing with Bob Kraft talking about Tom Brady, except Tom Brady has six and Eli has two. For about two decades. This has been his guy. Mm -hmm. When his kids, when John Mara's kids were growing up, they got Eli Manning signatures. Yep. When it was time for the for the Giants charity auction, Eli Manning was the guy that was there. Mm -hmm. They experienced Super Bowl championships together. He was able to be friends with Peyton Manning and Archie Manning because yep. of it. Yep. Um, I think what happens is is these owners look at these quarterbacks as their sons, and I think that they kind of think in their head a little bit that. I guided him a little bit. And it's the hardest connection to break, which is the father-son connection. Yes. And I think that's what's happened with the Giants, is that Mara looks at Eli and goes, but this is Eli. Do you think that he loves Eli? And I think your answer is probably yes to this, more than he loves winning. Because right now, Eli is not giving them the opportunity or even the chance to win. There is no quarterback that has had the narrative changed more in their favor over the years than Eli Manning. Eli Manning sucks, but what about his offensive line? Yes. Eli Manning sucks, but what about his wide receivers? Yes. There's no talent. Eli sucks, but he hasn't had a running game. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll get him Saquon. Mm -hmm. Eli sucks, and now it's, but their defense sucks. That's what they're saying now. But you know why their defense sucks? Because they traded Olivier Vernon to get Kevin Zeitler to yeah. protect for Eli Manning. To protect your quarterback. I, listen, Eli has to do much better. T to me, would again, you make the move? I think I think at Tampa Bay in Week Three, I don't I don't like facing Todd Bowles because his defense has been clicking. Defense, yeah. But I love starting rookie quarterbacks on the road. I don't want them there at the home crowd. I don't want the boos. I don't want to start slow. And the Giants have always played well in Tampa Bay. It's like really weird. I would I would put Daniel Jones in. Would you? For for several different reasons. It it provides a spark to my football team. To my 0-2 football team. But what if it doesn't? Well, it then it would be really deflating. Then we would be <laughs> you, you're, at that point it's panic time. It's yeah. probably already panic time, but it provides a spark. I think you get a little bit more from the guys, which is kind of weird to say because I think the guys like Eli, but they also know that he's limited. If if we're seeing it on the sideline, we're seeing it watching tape. Brian. Then the guys in the locker room see it every day. Brian, I have said for three years that Eli Manning has to go. Yeah. And, and my number one reason is, are you watching the games? I don't know what's being watched. I don't get it. Well, I, I, I think you may have a little bit of point when you talk about the owners. That's the owner's adopted son. Well, yes. I, I can understand that. Like You brought the team two Super Bowls, and that means something to some people. And some people are just absolutely loyal. The, the Patriots have no loyalty except for number 12. That's Anybody it. else can and come and go. And that almost faded away. And what's really funny is, is right now Robert Kraft looks like a genius that he mm -hmm. went to Bill Belichick and said, we are not going to get rid of Brady. Right. We are going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo because Tommy Boy is telling me I have more time left. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he gave him more time, and he's gotten two Super Bowls in return. But I absolutely think that Robert Kraft, whenever Tom Brady eventually starts to slow down, which 2035. Yeah, yeah. Kraft, so, unless if so. Brady wants to keep going, Kraft will let him go as long as he wants because they don't know how to get rid of him. You, at some point, it's probably going to come down to Bill's going to say, hey, if you want Tom, then I'm out. I'm out. I can't keep doing this. That's what I've been dreaming about. You think? I mean, I would think. No, but I don't think. That. I just, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I, like, that was a that was a good radio talking point two years ago. And now it's like, I don't question that team anymore. If Tom can keep playing at the level he's the playing now. The problem is that Mara probably thinks that Eli is as, in the same level as Tom. There's no way he can say that. There's I, no way he can look at his team in the struggles that they've had and understand that the quarterback's the most important position in football and, and say that, hey, man, the last three years, it was somebody other than Eli. This is the same team that took a running back in the best quarterback draft that we've had in maybe 20 years. Well, and I want to talk about that, too. What do you want to say with Saquon? Well, I just think that by the time your team gets good. Yep. He's fucked. There's a there's a point where that's my argument against Daniel Jones. By the way, is Daniel Jones give you a chance to win right now because he can run? But do I want Daniel Jones to run a lot in his first season and maybe get hurt? But what you're saying about Saquon is you draft Saquon to be the face of the franchise, yeah. and in like two or three years when he's, they're finally he's good, burnt out. That's the he's fear. burnt out. That's been my fear since he got drafted because I think that he's a special special talent, and he ends up being Barry Sanders. Burnt out. He's carried the load of the franchise. And I'm not talking about just on the football field, off the field, too. And by the time you get Daniel Jones up to speed, let's say it's a year from now. Let's say it's two years from now it, because you're not playing him now. This is probably the reason why I would play him now, because I want to make sure that he gets up to speed to kind of jive with the same time with Saquon being in his prime. And his prime probably is now yeah. for the next three or four years. I want those guys playing together because I spent such a high draft pick on Saquon. I have to get Daniel Jones in there right now. And I can't afford to lose one of the best running backs that's come out of college in the last 10 years because we don't we want to show loyalty to Eli. I know. Who's past his prime at this point. I know. And everybody sees it except for the guy that's writing the check. I, I just want to say this. As an Eagles fan, I want Eli to be out there as much as possible. I would too. Especially my, for my a fear, guy. My fear is that Daniel Jones gets in there, and by the time they play the Eagles, he's got himself down a little bit of flow, and, and he's able to make well, some moves. Well, this is what Daniel Jones brings. A live arm, meaning he's he's willing to whip it. It's me. You know what? If my quarterback's willing to take some, you know, make some mistakes and throw the ball around, he's going to make some great plays. Yeah. He's probably going to make some poor plays. Carson but, Wentz but, is first year. But I know that he's going to throw the football, and that makes me excited. I know right now Eli is not willing to put himself, his body on no. the line to make some of those throws, and that's going to be an issue. <laughs> well, that's hard for me to sell to my team. I agree. Because my team watches the tape, too. Look, that team is already falling apart. Do you hear what Janoris Jenkins said what do you say? when asked about the Giants defense? Mm. He said, what am I supposed to do, cover for 10 seconds? Ooh. We don't have a pass rush. Ooh. How, are we, how am I supposed to cover someone for 10 seconds? Calling up the guys on your own team. On your side of the ball. That's the thing. Recipe for disaster there. Jacksonville, for the longest time, has been calling out their offense. Yep. But it's when you start calling out your own side of the ball That's that I go, it's going to get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, some undercover ballers of the week. I know you have some. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to uh, – th- these, are, these are the guys. We, we have the 33%. 
I wanted to figure out who gave their 133% Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. week. My 133%ers, I'm going Gardner Minshew. Uh, That's your boy. That's your boy. He got attacked all game. I'm actually not the biggest fan of Gardner Minshew right now just because whenever the media latches on and everybody loves some guy, then I'm like, ugh. You don't love him as much. He's getting too much attention for you. It fucking kills me. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, uh, but, I have a but good idea. Why. That late drive, the scramble, the touchdown, the, there were reports that he was stretching in the locker room in a jock strap only before the game. Well, that that is going to be all against man code right there. So that makes me out on guard. Do you know anybody mention. that did stuff like that? Yes. Yes. Who? And it was not. And I, I'm not going to say the name. However, Bullshit. this is this, this is, is a thing. safe space. No this one is, is watching this. When you come in to the locker room, you take a shower. Yeah. You have a towel on. Okay. You sit at your locker. What you don't do is turn around and face the locker room with just a towel on, legs wide open. Just no. You change your clothes, put your clothes on, and then if you want to have a conversation with your then locker you mate, then you turn. Don't don't be twerking. In the locker room. Never said gut, gut, did that, Don't be doing any of that naked. I don't want to have any naked talk. I don't want to have guys in the jockstrap stretching. No. We have shorts. People had to mess with you with this. No, they didn't. So who was the, who was the naked? I don't want to say. I don't want to say. But I, I, tell you, I, I didn't like it. Coy Detmer? Coy would do stuff like that. <laughs> now, I'll tell you this. Coy, Coy would do it just because he's trying to be funny. He yeah, understood yeah, yeah. why people didn't like it. Yeah, but no, he would. Coy Devon on this podcast. Coy is hilarious. So one, one practice, and, and Andy was, <laughs> he would always let Coy and AJ kind of do whatever their own yeah. thing. Backup quarterbacks, nobody really care. Hopefully you'll never have to play, right? They would, they would come out in like an all-white, like a bunny suit almost, like white long sleeve shirt, white pants, white tights, white shoes, white just – and just run around practice. Like yeah. it, it was it was hilarious at the time. I thought that story was gonna be a lot funnier. Yeah, no, it was it was not funny. But it's it's what what happens is Was it Hugh Douglas? Was he the naked stretcher? No, he wasn't. No. I'm not a big fan, but keep guessing. You're close. They were on the defensive line. Hollis Thomas. Fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. I just I mean I'm not a big fan. I, I like guys. That's to, amazing. I like guys to be clothed when we talk. That's what I like. We have uh, two injury notes. I just got on the BR app. Uh James Connor's injury, um, is manageable. So, so he's not, be okay. not healthy yet. Yep. Michael Gallup, out two to four weeks. Uh, Surgery, trim meniscus. Just f- developed the relationship with Dak. But I will say this. It's okay, because one of my guys mm-hmm. that gave 133% this week, yeah. Devin Smith, yeah. wide receiver for the Cowboys. You, Back-to-back weeks balling. I loved him coming out of Ohio State. Second-round draft pick for yeah. the Jets. Multiple ACL injuries. Looks amazing. And that was when I saw the Gallup injury, I went... They got the replacement mm-hmm. until he gets back. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so happy for Devin. I, I like Devin Smith because I, I tore my ACL in 96, and I played my entire career, meniscus, all the different type of stuff. Did you go to James Andrews? I did, actually. Damn. Yeah. I want he, to talk he to did, him. He did a couple of my surgeries. Yeah, so I, I went to James Andrews, great doctor, old school doctor, great, right? Take care of a bunch of NFL guys, wrestling, baseball yeah. guys. Talking about Tommy John. He did my elbow, too. Damn. So um, I, I love Devin Smith because – he, this is his first touchdown this week since 2015. I'm talking about he grinded, continued to have faith in himself, build the dream, and now he's finally showing yeah. some, you know, coming to fruition just and a bit. It doesn't look like he lost a second no. of that speed. Speed, still fast, ran right past Josh Norman, which to me, I was I was asking a couple of guys that played with Josh Norman and, 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 and have watched him. And I said, just tell me your thoughts. Because my thought was this that he's good in a defense where he can sit back and yep. watch. Yep. But if he has to play man to man, he has to be the 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 shutdown corner. That's not of his that skill because he's not fast. Right. Devin Smith is fast. 
right pass on 51 Josh, yards. Josh Norman and Xavier Rhodes. No, have, I'm having the same concerns about right now. Well, Xavier more Rhodes, about Josh than Xavier. Well, the thing about Xavier Rhodes is that he's nasty, physical at the line of scrimmage. So you got he the quarterback really slow with yeah, Devontae. A few he times. does not look. He does not look fast. But if he gets his hands on you and physical at the line of scrimmage, it changes the look for the quarterback. They should both be safeties at this point. I just don't know if Josh so? is going to hit like that. No, I don't Xavier, think I would think, it would hit. But they don't really need a safety. Well, guess who makes money? And guess why you they never – yeah, they, of course. Uh, the only other – I wanted to give a shout-out to DK Metcalf. I mm-hmm. thought balled out 133%. Devin Singletary, yep. I hope his injury's not bad. And I just want to give a shout-out to Cooper Cup and Emmanuel Sanders. Cup coming off an ACL. Sanders coming off an Achilles. To do what they're doing in week two Both blows my mind. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders looked- I thought, caught the game winner in the end zone if it wasn't for the crazy ending to Chicago-Denver. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cooper Cup, I mean, looked amazing. Emmanuel Sanders, smaller guy, looks faster now than he did before he got hurt. Smaller guy, but he works the middle of the field, the Edelman type of area in the middle of the field amongst linebackers and safeties. Looks fast. He looks quick. You saw in the two-point conversion, simple route that any cover, any corner in the league should see way before it happens. He beats him by two or three yards. Wide open, great call. I, I, I love Emmanuel because he came back. That Achilles injury is a beast. Especially at 32 years old. To come back from. When, and I hear plus 30s Achilles, I go, I thought you're done. But I guess not. It's amazing what he was able to do. Who do you think gave 133% this week? I have two guys. And, and I think the last two weeks. And I, I talked about Saquon and them just, they're going to use him up. But 107 yards. Their offense is terrible. Not much talent around. All Everybody on defense is around the yep. line of scrimmage. He still goes off for 100 plus yards the last two weeks. But Dalvin Cook. Mm. I've been waiting for this since he's been drafted. I thought that coming into the league, he was fast. Yep. Thought he had great vision, great lateral agility. He had the breakaway speed, and he could catch the ball out of the backfield. We're starting to see these last couple of weeks, 200, over 200 yards, 260 plus yards these last two weeks combined. But He's a workhorse. They're giving him 20 carries. He knocks people over. Nasty. And he can run away from And he can run. And at some point, what they'll get to, and I think they did it just a little bit this past week, they'll start flexing him out, getting him one-on-one with with whoever. He did that at Florida State. Yes, he can do it. So I asked you yesterday, if Christian McCaffrey, last week, if Christian McCaffrey was the best running back in the NFL. Is Dalvin Cook the best running back in the NFL? He's I'm just going to do this every week. He's playing really, really well. I, I still, I, I still can't get away from my Saquon. top two, Saquon and Zeke, because of what they do. But Dalvin Cook, again, longevity. You talking about greatness? You take longevity? Dalvin Cook over Kamara. The way that they're playing right now, especially without Drew Brees. Yes, I, I know that Dalvin Cook can carry the load running the football twenty times a game. I'm not sure that Kamara can. I, I'm just not. I'm not sure yet. You, I, you I, came away yesterday and we're are not. Like, eh. I'm like, ah, they keep giving up 13 carries here and there. I think that's the number for Sean Payton. Mm. I don't know that he'll ever get more than that. And he's so valuable to you in the past game because he presents mismatches. You probably will never get more than that. I know Dalvin Cook can carry the load, though. Mm. And I'm starting to see a little bit more, a little bit more, that Christian McCaffrey can do the same thing, especially in the run game. Uh, In terms of uh, WTF moments of the week, I'm amazed at some of these kicking misses still. Minnesota, multiple missed kicks in that game. They lose that game by five. Mm -hmm. Tennessee missed a kick down the stretch. Indianapolis goes back the other way, scores. Chargers missed two kicks. Their kicker's been hurt. Their punter's been kicking. He missed two, and they lose by three. Detroit, Matt Prater missed two. You know who didn't miss, though? Who's that? Eddie frickin' Panero. 
kicker for the yes. Chicago Bears. Yes. yes. After all that, after all of the offseason where they spent all that time trying to figure out who their kicker is going to mm-hmm. be, Eddie Panero goes out there and kicks a game-winning 53-yard kick. And I want to read something that Ingber uh, got for me, and I appreciate it. He scored 13 of the Bears' 19 points this season, mm-hmm. so 68% of his team points. His field goals have been 38, 40, 52, and 53. And given data for kicker accuracy over the last 10 years, he's had a 29.4% chance of hitting all four. Outdoor, clutch, no problem, Eddie fucking Pinier. Beating the odds. Last year, their season ended because of the double doink. They made sure that they didn't, that wouldn't happen again. But that's also my issue with the Bears. Is it's the one part of their team right now that looks the part. The strongest part of their team. Now, their defense has been. No, the defense is good. I'm, at offensively the same, speaking. At the same point, they did allow a game-winning Joe Flacco drive. That's right. Like. That's right. WTF. Yeah. They did allow them to get the two-point conversion to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for a very questionable rough in the passer penalty on Bradley Chubb, and then granting the away team a timeout when there may have been point like they, he hit the ground and then you would have had to give him a timeout in point one seconds. Right. That was such bullshit to me. Clock. Who's running the clock? That's what I mean. It was the away team. Who's running the clock? Most important person in the stadium in close games is the person running the clock. Bears fan. Well, let what happens is you. If in the worst case scenario, speak your conspiracy. Left, let the referees say, "Hey, put more more time back on." They stopped it. That's my point. Who's running the clock? But good for Eddie Pinheiro. I'm happy for him. Uh, another thing that was WTF was the Saints getting screwed by the refs again. That was so blatant. But no, that but that that's the exact thing that the NFL said we're not going to do. We're not going to blow it dead. We're going to allow the play to run out, and then we'll figure it out after that. That's the that was a a a, a, a point of emphasis these last couple of years. The one thing, and I love that Cam Jordan goes into the interview called and says, a Footlocker. Footlocker. So straight th- face Footlocker. You talked about how that was an issue. Think about some of these calls. Denver, Chicago, that roughing the passer yeah. and then preemptively blowing the whistle. Mm-hmm. There was another sack that Leonard Floyd had in the game that they called roughing the passer. It was not. Uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Carson Wentz dives for the two-point conversion and he's giving himself up. I don't understand that rule. And then also, okay, fine. If he gave himself up, then the Falcons player that dove into him afterwards, is that a personal be foul a penalty? Because yeah. he clearly gave himself well, if up. You, how do you give yourself up if you slide and if you dive? So there's nothing it. that I can do as a quarterback also, they that gets blow, extra yards. They blow the whistle when he's like getting away from a sack like he always does on third always down. Does. Why are we blowing the whistle there? Chargers had two touchdowns uh, taken back. Yep. San Francisco has had four touchdowns uh, turned back in two mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many referee penalties that feel like are determining these games right now. Well, is, is it is it solely the referees, though? Or is it, you know what? There's some guys blocking in the back downfield. There's some guys not in the right position because maybe they didn't place as much in the preseason. Maybe these guys aren't as disciplined because in the CBA, you can't practice blocking with full pads on as much anymore. Maybe the referees just aren't any good. A lot of different things can go on, but I think certainly it's probably some referee issue. Probably some player issue, too. It just frustrates me because apparently uh, the way they got out of some, the, some stuff, as they say, it was a judgment call. 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, there was the video from Thursday night of Carolina and Tampa Bay where, like, he clearly didn't get the first down, and the referee just took the ball and moved it six inches yeah. and gave him the first down. Yeah. And, like, Troy Aikman was like, okay. And it's it's a running joke online where it's like, this is a $40 billion industry, and we have random dudes that aren't even full-time right. that are moving the ball six inches, and we're like, first down! Yeah. And that could end a game. I just So much money. So many people that are betting these games. And, and everyone's going, should we get rid of replay? And I'm on the other side where it's like, should we just do everything replay? Well, let me ask you this, because the replays, now they can replay pass interference, offensive and defense. And to me, even after they replayed them, they still got it wrong. Always. And I'm like, huh? That's pass interference. Oh, that's an offensive push. Oh, that's a guy grabbing someone else's arm. Up. Oh, like that was, on the field that, is, that, that was pass interference yesterday on the Eagles on Julio, and they didn't absolutely. Call I was okay with it. I mean, I, I just don't understand why they why they are not getting it right. There That's was, the purpose. There was a Vikings touchdown called back because when they looked to see if there was pass interference on one guy, they actually found it on a different else. guy. That's right, and that's not the intent of the rule. You can find and, it, what if what if you say, "Hey, man, they they scored a touchdown," but I think the offensive lineman. Hell, I know that's not one of the things you can rule, but, I mean, well, there's holding on every play. You're right. Like, if there's a 75-yard Dalvin Cook run, should Matt LaFleur throw out the challenge flag and be like, I think one of the offensive linemen commit holding? If, if it's in a critical situation, I would certainly think about think it. Do I don't that's think you can. I don't think you can review it, but I, if, if, that, if it ever gets down to that, absolutely. Yep, someone's holding. Just one, which one? One of the five guys up front. One of those guys. Um... We're talking about teams that have a chance. I just want to wrap up with uh, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> One time, I'll talk about that. Don't make that statement and say, and I want to talk about the Dolphins. If you want to say the Dolphins, you have to say, we're talking about a team that have no chance in hell of winning more than four games. They have lost by a differential of 92 points in the first two games. Yeah. The amount of points that they've allowed, which I think is 102, is the most since the 73 Saints. Mm -hmm. They are on pace right now to give up 816 points this year, which would set the all-time NFL record. Not bad. It wasn't just that that Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like he has no chance on offense. Mm -hmm. It's not just that it's that the that both of the Ravens and the Patriots have been able to do whatever they wanted. It's the second half where it seems like lifeless, where the other team is not even running anymore on a pick six. They're like walking it in. It's laughable. It's, it's literally laughable. I, Guys are, I mean, in NFL, it's rare. And I think you kind of see it in Baltimore a little bit, sometimes with Patrick Mahomes. But it's just not rare. It's, it's rare that guys are just wide open. No one within 20 yards of them. You see it all the time against the Dolphins. I don't know. The question to me would be, did you guys practice this? Is this what you practice? Because I have to imagine Ryan Flores has them in the, the, the walkthroughs and the meetings. And I, the- I honestly thought the defense was a little bit better in the first half. I thought um, they were defending A.B. and Josh Gordon well. I thought Xavier and Howard played a little bit better. Yeah. But then it reaches a point where they lose hope. And then it's just like anvil, like avalanche. What do you tell your team? What do you What do you tell your team? Because I, all I hear every Monday is, well, two more guys say they want to get traded. Minka Fitzpatrick and Kenyon Drake apparently are being shopped. Out of there. 
their first round pick from last year and yeah. the running back that everyone clearly sees as the most talented on this team. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't understand. It's a tank. I, I, I get that part. But Ingber was I, joking earlier that Josh Rosen and, and uh, Fitzpatrick are on the bench like, who's going in next? Yes, yeah, exactly. I don't want to go. go for it. You have 14 weeks left, though. This is not week 12, week 14. You have 14 weeks left. How does that work? How do those meetings go? I've been on the team in San Francisco. I, I talk about it all the time. We were 0-6. Ooh. And I remember those meetings, and I used to be sitting there like, yep, we ain't going to do none of these things. All these things that we're talking about in here, all the things that you're saying, go 10 yards and cut this way, the offensive line's going to be a double team up to the linebacker. We do none of those things good. We do none of them well. What are we doing at practice? And we would, we would go to practice, and I would be like, well, yeah, well, here's why we don't do them well. We, we suck at practice against the scout team in the plays that we design on paper. We have the scout team in the exact position. We want them for the perfect block, and we suck at doing that. We were bad at that. We were bad at practicing, and I have to believe this team, if you got some of the best players on a bad team saying you want to be out of there, the rest of the team has to be looking around like, hey, what, what, what time is the check supposed to be here? Do you know how everyone goes um, – it happens once a year. Do we think that Alabama or Clemson yeah. could beat the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> right, right. Do we think that Matter Day High School could beat the Miami Dolphins? No. No. But it would be interesting to watch. It would be, it's, 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 they can't beat them, but it would be interesting to watch. I'll tell you I mean, that. They do have five-star quarterback Bryce Young. Yeah, that counts for, for nothing against the NFL team. But I, I'll tell you this. I think that Clemson— Because you know what sucks, too, is Kenny Stills— is balling. Yeah. And they got rid of him, and it's not like the guys they're getting rid of are not doing well. Well, he has a quarterback that's throwing the ball down the field that also has a, a pro bowler on one side, another guy, Fuller, that can run speed down the field, too. I think so the line for Cowboys Dolphins is already 21. I've never seen, because the, the interesting thing is when the Browns went 0 16, mm-hmm. the smart move was to bet on the side of the Browns because the number kept getting bigger, but the Browns were keeping games were, close. Yeah, right. Remember, they had Miles Garrett, they had some spark on that team. Yep. I don't see anything. And I've never seen, I remember there was one game where you guys played the Texans and Derek Carr, mm-hmm. and you were David Carr, and you were favored by 21 points at home. Yeah. And that was the game where Brian Dawkins had a punt return for a touchdown, an mm-hmm. uh, interception, that was at a the, sack. At the, uh, at the vet. At the vet. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the stories that week of I've never seen a team favored by 21. Mm hmm. The New England Patriots were the first team this past week to ever win and cover the spread favored as a 16 and a half points or more on the road. I thought that. And they won and they they almost covered the spread with their defense by itself. I thought that um, in my mind, I took the Dolphins in the points because actually one of my shows, I took the Dolphins in the points because I'm like, eh. 19. There's no way. I luckily well, switched out and I did not take the. I said, well, Bill Belichick's not going to run it up. One of, one of his former coaches. He fucking called a timeout with four minutes left. He's not going to run it up, will he? It's amazing. Damn right he will. Um, take that. Uh, overall, is there anything else from week one well, that we, you want to uh, get what, off? What did you think about Jalen Ramsey and Doug oh, Marone on the sideline? Screaming at each other yeah. on the sideline? I need your advice is on Is that this. two guys just being competitive? Because to me, in my mind, I never want to yell at my head coach like that. Right. I never want to show him up on the side. I, I don't want to do that. I respect him too much. And maybe it was an Andy Reid thing, and maybe it was just a I liked him so much and I respected him. But I never want to be Jalen Ramsey on the sideline screaming at my head coach like that. 
I'm trying to find the one part of the clip where Marone said something and it caused two other players to, to jump, jump up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What could Marone have said that caused two other players to immediately stand up and point to the sideline and go stand over there? Yeah. What could Mar- because I'm seeing some people like Diana Rossini tweeted out, listen, he's from the he's from the Harlem, he's from the Bronx. He he was willing to fight anybody. And I'm like, Who Marone? He didn't he didn't look like he was trying to fight. Though. And so my thing is is yeah, but people from those areas will also say anything. Right, right, right. What could Marone have said to Ramsey that caused those other two dudes? To jump up and and feel the need to defend Ramsey. Um, in my world, there's yes. Uh, Take me to your world. Two things that you can say, and I don't know that the coach would say this to one of his best players. <laughs> is f you? If you if you say f you, like we're in the heat. F you. Now we're now we're not having an argument. We're fighting. Now we're not talking about this. No, we're having we're having a fist fight. Okay, so uh, that's one. So F you. That that probably would be the one thing. And I just don't know that coaches are saying that. It to me, it didn't look like he said that either. So I don't have a clue what he said. Maybe he said he couldn't say you suck. He come I mean, just he can't say anything crazy because this is your best player on your defensive side of the ball. Have you ever seen a coach? Or shut the F up. What's maybe the biggest, that? What's the biggest coach? You're telling me that if a, if a coach walked over and said, shut the fuck up, that the rest of the team would like, get the fuck out of here? Because to me, no, sideline saying no, no. F you or no. shut the fuck up, yeah. it's not seem like that big of a well, deal. Well, no, I'll tell you this. One of the biggest fights that T.O. and Donovan had was because Donovan said shut the fuck up to T.O. Mm. Right? That's in the middle of a game. That's in the heat of the battle. That's at the beginning of the that, that was the first series of the game. They had a conversation in the I locker I always about think that. it's the bubbling up of something that's been an issue for a long time. Yeah, they're losing, and they're average. That's what it is. I think Jalen Ramsey's sitting there being like, I'm not paid. You didn't give me a new contract. Your offense, I have to go through this shit for another year yeah. where we got to carry you guys yeah. and hold Deshaun Watson to 12 points and hope that you guys can figure out a way to score at the end here. So it was bubbling up. And, and if you're going to get angry at me for anything, go focus on your offense. Yeah. Because I'm holding, I'm holding DeAndre Hopkins to under 55 yards mm-hmm. receiving. Mm-hmm. And you're over there trying to squeeze a field goal out of Gardner. And and they were trying to – I think the biggest part of that, him being upset, was that he wanted Maroon to challenge – Maroon to challenge a, 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 a ball, a, a catch, right. whether it was a catch or not. He thought it was incomplete. Oh, that's what And he was. didn't challenge it. And so I think that's where it all started from, where it went and how you got there. I know. I want to know. Uh, listen, when your team is bad listen. And, and you hold a good offense to 13 points – you start to point some fingers a little bit. Listen, Ramsey's going to be a really good Tennessee Titan next year. He's out of there. You think he's out of there? He's out of there. Westbrook, you're the fucking man. I'm going to see you in two days. Yes, sir. Um, we are going to oh, do that again. Hey, man, you, listen, you got to give some effort. You at least got to meet me halfway, 50% at least. I was over the silver. No, you. That that's not halfway. This is... Oh, yeah, there. See? See that? Fuck I'm it. trying to help you, man. <laughs> All right, so our Eagles meter, we are both lower than we ever thought we would be. 4.5 for me, man. 5.1. Mm. Uh, we are going to do uh, more questions with uh, Westbrook on Wednesday that comes out Thursday uh, so we can learn more about you. I think that might be a stable going forward. Do you really want to know more about me, man? I'm a little afraid. It's, but yes, it's like opening Pandora's box. So hit us up on the Twitter, at Show. Uh, do not tag Westbrook. Because I don't. I want him 
to be surprised. Send the questions to me. I'll let you know the no, questions I want to ask. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, we're going to surprise you. For Westbrook, uh, for Ingber in the back doing great research today, I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man, and we will see if the Browns are 1-1 one one on Wednesday or Thursday. Ooh. Or if they're 0-2. Oh and fucking two what, do you wanna, what do you think? What do you think? I don't make predictions about games that have already happened. Uh, but I think the Browns win. Okay. okay. I think Trevor Simeon has the ball with a chance at the end and can't get shit done. Miles Garrett ends it. I'm with you. We'll find out. See you guys later. Peace.